Amen? Amen. 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 Y'all may have a seat. I am uh, I'm thrilled that you're here. I'm really excited to preach tonight, but before we get going with that, tonight we have something a little bit special. I want to introduce you guys to a lady um, that means a lot to me in my life. Uh, she means a lot to the, to the ministry that we have here at UCC, but she also is also representing a ministry tonight um, that has a really big presence here in Las Cruces, and so it's a ministry that you guys need to know about, and, uh, and whether you ever need, ever need the services or not, this is just a beautiful a beautiful um, ministry that our church likes to partner with. Now, um, Susie also has a side project ministry that she does with AFC Girls as well, and she's going to tell us about both of those things. So will you guys give a hand for Susie Newton? So a lot of you know about uh, Turning Point of Las Cruces, and it's a pregnancy care center that we have in our city. Our executive director, Debbie, um, asked me to come and just speak on her behalf tonight. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about that. We are a pregnancy care center. We offer several services to young people, but not necessarily just young people. We have all ages of people who walk through our door. We offer free pregnancy tests, STD testing, um, rape recovery classes, abortion recovery classes, and things along those lines. And so... A lot of you guys in here are probably turning out and, uh, tuning out and thinking, that doesn't apply to me. But um, interestingly enough, a few years ago, we had a football player come in. He's never been here that I know of, so I don't think you'd know him. But he came in very distraught because he thought he had fallen in love with this girl. And he thought he had an STD. So he got tested for free, confidentially, through our clinic. And yes, he did have one, and he was brokenhearted because he knew it wasn't from uh, their relationship. It was from a relationship she had outside of them. And he was just devastated. So he kept coming back very privately, very confidentially. And we just kind of walked him through his pain and just kind of tried to give him a vision of what God had in store for him as far as a healthy and long-lasting sexual relationship. So we do all kinds of things at Turning Point that are, are very helpful and nurturing and, and sweet and just trying to help people have the best foot forward in life with regard to their relationships. So that's for Debbie. And then what I want to just uh, talk a little bit about is a book study that I've done with uh, several of the girls through the campus ministry. And again, it's been confidential. But this book study is called What Are You Waiting For?, the one thing no one ever tells you about sex. So, if any of you girls want to share a big old blueberry muffin with me and some coffee, I'll tell you anything you want to know about sex. This is a really good book. <laughs> um, it talks just a lot about God's best intentions for a pure sexual relationship, or even if you haven't had the opportunity to remain pure, it gives you a lot of hope about your future. And just uh, really talks about some things that are hard to talk about with um, maybe your mom, maybe not your mom. But I had a big sister, fortunately, that let me ask her anything. <laughs> so I could be that big sister to you or whatever. But if you're interested in doing this book study with me, you can find me on Facebook. And you can just message me privately. And I'd love to get together with you over coffee and a muffin and just talk about sex. <laughs> 
Thank you, Susie. So, so for any ladies that are interested in this one-on-one um, discipleship Bible studies type thing with Susie, her name's Susie Newton. That's how you can find her on Facebook. Or, um, or Jenna, my intern, I'm going to pin this on you. If any of you feel comfortable enough talking to Jenna, you can go to her, and then she can be the medium for that. Just however you feel comfortable. Also, we have a private church email, too. Um, you could email church at churchforthecity.com, and that would be confidential as well. So it's really up to you however you wanted to do this um, if you really needed those services. So, that, so that's that, and thank you, Susie, so much for being here. Um, believe it or not, the last time Turning Point came through, um, there was a... There was a Debbie gave her presentation, and we watched a video, and there was a girl that night um, that had a, I'm not going to give details, she had a tough weekend. And God placed Debbie and Susie in our, in our Wednesday night midst for that girl last year, and it's one of the most beautiful stories of redemption that I've seen since I've been doing this job. So those services are there. We have great ministries that our church partners with, and I just wanted you guys to know about them. So... All right, let's get started. For those of you that don't know me, despite all this talking I've been doing, my name is Matt. I'm the campus minister here at Aggies for Christ. And again, I'm thrilled that you guys are here this evening. If you also didn't know, it is November, and it kind of feels like that outside just a little bit tonight. And that means that you're almost done with your semester. You're at the tail end of it. In a couple weeks, we're going to have Thanksgiving break. You'll be going home. You'll come back and do a little bit of studying, and then semester is over. You guys are on the home stretch, which means Aggies for Christ is on the home stretch as well. After tonight, we only have three more meetings, which means we have three more opportunities to get your roommates, your friends, Um, your family, whoever it is that needs to be in the door to hear a good word, to hear about the life-changing power of Jesus, this is the place, or just to be in a a church-type community and in a welcoming community. So if this is um, something that you know somebody in your life needs, we have three more opportunities this semester. Now, this semester has been something for the books. It has been just so exciting. Our Wednesday nights have been fun. Our Our Sunday mornings have been great. Our events have been huge. And our last event for the year is coming up this weekend, and that is the Guess Who's Coming to Dinner Progressive Dinner. Now, this is one of the coolest best um, traditions that AFC has. It's where, the U- it's where UCC, the big church that houses us, it's where they host college students in a progressive meal. And so a lot of you have already signed up for this. Um, it's this Saturday from 5.30 to 9. The way it works is you show up here at 5.30. We put you into different groups. Most likely you'll be with somebody you know. So we'll, we'll make that kind of easy on you. But then you get in a bigger group and you go to different houses. One house you go for appetizer. The next house you go for a meal. And then you, everybody comes back here for a big dessert at the church. It's It's a lot of fun. I have 10 amazing families that have agreed to open their home for us this year. And so this is going to be a really, a really special year for this. We have like 70-something of you guys signed up already. So if that's you, um, we're meeting here at the church Saturday at 5.30. If... uh, If you're in the room and you still want to sign up, the sign-up sheet is still in the back. It's absolutely free. A name and a number is all I need. Now, the only other thing, and I don't even want to say this because I don't want people dropping out, but if you, for some reason, really can't go this weekend, um, we need to know. So scratch your name off that list. I I don't want you to do that. There's no football game. There's no concerts. There's nothing going on this weekend, so you should be able to go. It's a couple hours for some really great home-cooked meals. So um, I just want the host families to know how many people they can expect, and so that's what we're going to do this Saturday at 5. 30, you might be getting a text from the interns um, if you put your name on that list. And again, it, it sounds like a weird thing. It is the coolest tradition that we have. So um, that is this weekend. You know, um, that event, it's going to go great. And like our fall retreat this year, it went great. And 
I can't tell you how much I love our Wednesday nights when people pour in here, when a room starts to fill up with young adults ready to hear about Jesus. It just absolutely makes my heart burst with joy. And you guys have been such an encouragement in my life this semester. But something happened last week when I was preaching. Something, something really strange happened last week. For some reason, and we're not exactly sure, we think we have it figured out, the lights started doing the strobe effect thing. If you guys were here, you know about it. It was wild. And so I didn't, I didn't know whether to let the beat drop or to keep preaching. And so it was just going, it was going crazy back and forth. And, uh, and now we have an air conditioner too. So this is how this gym works, right? And so the lights were going crazy back and forth, and I, and, and I had to turn them off. And I turned on some of our main lights. I turned on some of our main lights. And something happened, something happened that hasn't happened in a long time. I could see y'all's faces. I could see y'all's faces. Now that's good sometimes and it's bad other times when you're preaching or public speaking. Like there's some of you in there that nod along, some take notes. I really appreciate that. You know, my wife was giving me the eyes with those baby blues. I mean, there's some eyes I'm really excited to see when the lights went on. Um, But also something very real happened as well. Now I just saw some, some tired faces. I felt like I could see people, and like right now you guys are all outlines, and it's, it's safer this way. It's easier to speak this way, but I feel like I could see people who are tired from the week that was or were burdened from the semester that's been. And I got to thinking that, that as, as like from the outside looking in, we look at this ministry, and we're like, wow, things are going good. The, the, everybody goes to our events, and, and we fill up this gym, whatever. When the lights came on last week, and I remembered, man, we all got stories, We all have stories. Some of us in here are struggling with some really hard things. Some of us in this room are even struggling to believe, like, is this this Jesus thing even? I still don't know. I'm still just coming for the girls. Like, I know that's some people in this room. I know that is because I saw stories last week when those lights came on. Here's what I'm asking. For For the next 20 minutes while I'm up here, give Jesus the next 20 minutes. If you're in a lull spiritually, if church, has, if church or AFC has become something that's kind of routine or mundane, just, just give Jesus the next 20, 25 minutes. And if you're on fire for God, use this word that he has for us tonight as a challenge to keep going, as an encouragement to keep going. No matter where you're at tonight, use these next 20 minutes. I'm going to tell you a story tonight, a strange story uh, from, from the Bible where a man is in a season of doubt. And he put himself out there to encounter Jesus in all his magnificence. And so the sermon title tonight, in kind of keeping with this Halloween theme, is uh, Stranger Things. And I, I really hope you're encouraged by the word that God has for us tonight. So with that, I'm going to pray for the sermon. Will you guys pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you and we're thankful to be in this place, God. And, um, I just know that in this room there's people who, who think this is strange. I know across the street on that campus people think what we're doing is strange. In our workplaces people think what we're doing is strange. God, I used to think it was strange too. And so I pray tonight that your spirit would fill this place. That we would be assured that you are good and you are real and you are actively pursuing us. And I pray, God, that in some capacity, uh, some human capacity, we can try to pursue you tonight as well. God, we love you. We're thankful most of all for your son and what he did on the cross. It's in his name I pray. And everybody said, amen.
All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 19. You probably don't because it's pitch black out there. So all the words are on the screen, the same exact words. So we're going to read a very recognizable story tonight, a very recognizable story. If you grew up in the church at all, if you went to any VBS or Sunday school class, you're going to recognize the story. But just because it's a recognizable story, I don't want us to downplay that there's not some real meat to what's going on here some real meat to who God is and what God is trying to do in this world. So tonight we're going to read about Jesus and Zacchaeus. It comes from Luke chapter 19. Verse 1 reads like this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I I must stay at your house today. So he came at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to, them, said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Amen. That is, that is good stuff right there. For those of you who are Netflix amateurs, what Stranger Things is, it's a new series that they put out recently, and uh, I'm going to do my best to try to not give it away. I'm trying not to spoil anything. My wife hasn't watched it. She'll kill me. But what happens is it's a series of strange events that happen in a small Indiana town. And so the, the main plot of the, of the story is that there's a boy that's gone missing, and, and he's presumed dead. Everybody in the town knows that he's dead, Right. And, and so as part of the angst of watching this story is watching his mom. We have a picture of his mom right there. It, her name is Joyce, played by Renona Ryder. You watch her, and part of the angst of this whole entire story is how, how Joyce is trying to convince people, like, no, 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 something is fishy here. Something is strange here. He, he didn't just disappear. That, that he, he, he's not dead. And, and so us as the audience, we know, we've, we've seen, we know something else, something not just wrong, but something supernaturally wrong it, it has happened to her little boy. And so you watch this, and it's so painful, and you're just like begging people. You're like, you have to believe Joyce. You have to believe her. That's part of the show. You guys who've seen it, you know. It's like painful to watch. I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys in hopes that you'll be completely transparent with yourself tonight. When I say, isn't this kind of what it's like being a Jesus follower outside of this room? Kind of what it's like being a Jesus follower outside of this room. Uh, I have a short story that I think goes along with this well. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to play golf with um, three guys I really don't know that well. If I'm being real honest, I just don't know them. Um, all too well and, and what they're about. So we, we started playing golf and we were going to play 18 holes. And so for the first 15 holes, these guys are talking about what they do, how they make money, how they produce, how businesses, how their second quarters are going, right? And, and so these guys are going back and forth and they're drinking beer and they're having a good time. They're talking about their money and their stuff and their trucks and their jobs. And so finally, hole 16, I won't, I won't forget it because it, it was terrifying. We were sitting there waiting on a group before us and waiting to tee off. And finally, one of the guys gets up the nerve and he says, so Matt, what is it, uh, what is it exactly that you do? 
And I said, and I, I was pretty bold. I hadn't talked much to this point. I didn't have much to say prior to this point, but um, pretty boldly I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the campus minister at my church. I work with college students and young adults all day. It's, it's, really, it's really great. We're having a great semester. If you didn't know it, New Mexico State Golf Course has crickets everywhere because for the next 10 to 15 seconds, those guys didn't say anything. It was just crickets and quiet, and it was terrifyingly silent until finally one guy chirps up, and he says, uh, he says oh, oh, you know what? I've, I, I've been to your church. And he looks around at the guys. He's like, and let me tell you guys, wow, let me tell you, they have some really comfortable chairs. And, and, <laughs> and so I'm sitting here, and I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, we just sat here for 15 holes talking about your businesses and, and, and my church comes up and we talk about the chairs. Um, if you haven't sat in the chairs in their building, they're like straight from a movie theater. They're great chairs. And so that's what I told them. I was like, yep, it's like sitting in the theater and I hit my ball and, and, and smirked and moved on. But like, what was, I, what was I supposed to say? In that moment, what was I supposed to say to these guys? They didn't, they didn't care. But what did I want to say? I wanted to drop my clubs and say, let the other group go through. Let's talk. Let me tell you about what's happening at Aggies for Christ right now. Let me tell you about Bella and Brandon and Bree and Autumn. Let me tell you how they got baptized this semester and how great it was. Let me tell you about our small groups, these little Bible studies that turn into little families and how, and how great those are this semester. Let me tell you about our fall retreat or our Wednesday nights or our Sunday mornings or just how much I love these people. Let me tell you about how, how the Greek life, how fraternities and sororities feel welcome in this place because we're not a judgmental campus ministry. Let me tell you about the great things that God is doing in this place. But as you know, a lot of times outside of these four walls or outside of the four walls in the other building, that kind of stuff just sounds strange. That kind of stuff just sounds like strange religious things. And I'm going to finish the golf story before the night's over. But the story of Zacchaeus has some strange characteristics as well. I want to avoid um, talking about like, how, how we sang about his song and, and that his stature is mentioned in this, in this passage. I think it has such a very, very tiny bit to do with the actual story itself. I don't even want to mention it again. But there are some meaty truths about who God is and how we should respond to that in this story. And so I'm going to go through some strange things about the story of Zacchaeus. So strange thing number one from our story is Zacchaeus's effort to encounter Jesus. Zacchaeus's effort to, to encounter Jesus. Now who did the text say that Zacchaeus was? He was a tax collector. Not just a tax collector, but a chief tax collector, which means he wasn't only wealthy, but he was wealthy and powerful. Now, he was wealthy and powerful in the city of Jericho. Now, Jericho of this time would be like the Palm Springs of the Middle East. This was a very rich, very abundant city. And so, and so Zacchaeus was the rich of the rich, living in the richest, most prosperous city. And what does the text say that Zacchaeus does? It says that he runs to get ahead of Jesus, and he climbs up a tree to get a good view of him, to run ahead of him to get a good view. Now, Las Cruces has some rich people, and I don't know if you've crossed their paths just yet, but how funny would it be? Just think about, like, President Carruthers across the street, New Mexico State's president. You're walking on campus, and, and the president just comes jogging by in his tailored suit and starts climbing trees. That would be a funny thing to see. You would Snapchat that. You would hashtag only at NMSU, and you'd move on about your day, but you'd laugh at that. You really would. Men of that time didn't pick up their robes to run. That's not what a dignified man did. 
But he wanted to see who this Jesus guy was. And then he climbed a tree so that he could get a better view, so he could encounter him. That's the thing about Zacchaeus is he forgot his position. He let his position in society go by the wayside so that he could encounter Jesus. Maybe in your walk with the Lord in the past, you've ran that hard as well. Maybe in your walk in the past, you've ran towards Jesus with with everything that you have. Think about that first time that you, you encountered Jesus and what that felt like. Jesus calls, out the book of Eph- Jesus calls out the church of Ephesus in the book of Revelation. It, it reads like this. Jesus says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how, fall, how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. See, God calls us to remember how important he used to be to us. He calls us to respond like Zacchaeus and and to run and to put ourselves out there. Now, practically, what does that look like? Practically, am I reading my Bible like the day I was when when I first got it, when I first really believed this stuff and really wanted to study it? Am I running towards God with that tenacity? Am I running to be a part of his church? Am I running to part with possessions to benefit the poor? Am I running to do these things? I don't know if you guys have seen the clip of um, this missionary took of some Chinese people getting Bibles for the first time. It's a real short clip. It's about 50 seconds. I have it right here. So the the quality of the clip was poor, but the, the meat of it wasn't. How excited these people were. The effort that they had to dive for that pile of Bibles because it's the Word of God and they get it now. They were just so excited and they had such, such intense effort and it looks kind of strange, right? It is a strange call, but it is of the utmost honor, and we should be running, and we should be climbing trees to try to pursue and encounter Jesus in that way, just like Zacchaeus did. Strange thing number two from the story of Zacchaeus was Jesus' response. Jesus' response. So here is a man in Zacchaeus that the people really hate. The people hate Zacchaeus. He is a greedy man who works for an even greedier government, and he makes all his money by taking hard-earned money from the people. That's why Jericho was such a nice place back then, because of their taxes. He is a sinner. He is the least of these. And Jesus sees him, he says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I need to stay at your house tonight. I need to be with you. A common theme uh, of the life and the ministry of Jesus is that he always surrounds himself with these types of people. Sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, the scum of society. That's who Jesus came for. That is absolutely who Jesus came for. And if we look at verse 10 in our passage tonight, this might be one of the most important passages in all the Bible to understand exactly who Jesus was. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. See, more strange than me standing up for the gospel and for God on the golf course in this, or in this Western um, apathetic Christian culture, more, more strange than me standing up for God is the fact that a perfect God would stand up for me. That is truly the strangest, strangest part of this story, and I'll say it again. More strange than you or me or anybody in this room standing up for God is the fact that God, while we were still sinners, would stand up for us. That's the gospel, and that is the strangest thing about this story tonight. And this isn't just something new that Jesus did. This is a characteristic that God has had since the beginning of time. In Genesis chapter 3, it's where man first messes up. 
It's where man first messes up and God starts seeking the lost then. Genesis 3.8 reads like this. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called the man, where are you? Since the beginning of time, God has been seeking us. He has been seeking the lost. He has been seeking the sinners. He's been seeking you, and he's been seeking me. And we must remember that, and we must celebrate that, and we must respond. And so that leads me to strange thing number three tonight is Zacchaeus' response and making things right. Zacchaeus' response and making things right. There's probably not a better story in all of Scripture to represent repentance than this. Repentance literally means uh, to turn around. And so you see this man who has all this wealth. And a chapter earlier, we just read about how it's hard for a rich man to get to heaven. Here's a rich man that he's going to get to heaven. Salvation has come to this house, Jesus said. But, but it's because he, he, he said he was going to let go of the things that were getting in the way of that relationship. He was going to give his possessions to the poor. And if he cheated anybody of anything, he was going to pay them back four times. It was an it was an absolutely radical response that Zacchaeus had, and it should be a radical response that we have to Jesus seeking us. It should be a radical response. Um, Amber and Zeke, you can start slowly making your way back up here. I'm going to finish with this tonight. To every soul in the room tonight, you are called to stranger things. You are called to stranger things. You are called to, be a, you are called to part with your possessions if that's keeping you between you and God. You are called to be an advocate for the poor. You are called to be a part of the church. You are called to study a 2,000-year-old document that is the Word of God. You are called to do these strange things. You are called to be different. However, you are called to live, not just, a, not just for eternity's sake, but you're called to live a more full life here as well. To wrap up the golfing story I told you about a few weeks ago, um, so these guys, we, we end up, we, we finish playing golf, and the more I get to know about these guys, I realize one has a marriage that's in shambles, one's an alcoholic, and one was avoiding his, his, his parenting responsibilities that day. One has, has really strenuous um, family and personal relationships because of his addiction to his work. And so on that golf course, on, on hole number 16, I'm the strange one, right? because I'm not talking about money and possessions and stuff. But when it was all said and done that, that day, I, I looked at the, the body of work that had just happened. I looked at, at, at me and them and everything that was going on that day, and I was like, ah, this is strange. This is what I'm going to sign up for. The Jesus way just makes more sense than that to me. And one day it's going to make more sense to everybody. In Romans it says that, Surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow and one day every tongue will acknowledge God. In the end, standing apart is not going to be strange. It is going to be something we were so grateful we did from the beginning. In the 1870s, there was a, a poet and a hymn writer. Her name was Dora Greenwell. And she wrote this really honest, beautiful hymn called I Am Not Skilled to Understand. And it's this really beautiful hymn about how strange it is for the life of the believer. It's a really beautiful piece of music, though. I'm going to read you a couple of my favorite lines from it. 
I am not skilled to understand what God has willed, what God has planned. I only know that at his right hand is the one who is my savior. And the other verse reads like this, that he should leave his place on high and come for sinful men to die. You count it strange, so I want to die before I knew my savior. We have a newer rendition of this song that Amber and Zeke are going to sing right now. And I, I just ask that as we sing this song, that you focus on these words. In your worship, focus on these words. I am sorry that this world will reject you. I am sorry that this campus will reject you, that your workplace might reject you. But I promise you it's worth it for a more full life here on earth. This strange stuff is worth it. And so this week, the challenge is to, to be like Zacchaeus. Put yourself in the way of Jesus. Do everything that you can to encounter him. Because you are loved in a strange, supernatural, really awesome way. And we should all celebrate that tonight. We're going to, um, during these next two songs, if you need to pray with myself or my wife or the interns, we'll be in the back of the room. You can definitely come pray with us if, if that's something you need. Um, we would love to be that for you. Um, we're going to stand and sing these next two songs after I pray. So will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you and we're, we're thankful for this strange message of the gospel. That while we were still sinners, you came to seek and to find us. So God, I pray tonight for this room. I pray for boldness. I pray for, for, for deeper faith. That we would believe, but just believe a little bit more. God, I pray for any doubters in the room tonight that, that you would come and meet them right where they're at. I pray for anybody else in a lull that they would that they would strive to encounter you this evening and for the rest of their lives. God, thank you for seeking us. And thank you for sending your son for the most strange of all sacrifices, the one he did on the cross, for my sins and for everybody in here. In your son's most precious name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and